We told you about Gaia Provides a couple months ago. Gaia Provides is back. They are a holistic small batch company crafting quality, lab-tested, hemp-based health and wellness products for pets. Kaplan, you've been giving it to Pancakes, Kaplan. Pancakes the dog over the last few months. How's she doing? Yeah, she loves these. Uh, I give her the beef liver flavor, the ones for small dogs. Um, And I give her a half a treat in the morning, a half a treat at night, and she loves them. They're delicious. She always barks for them. Uh, she's a, she's a, you know, my dog's a little dog. She's a mental patient. I like to say she's a lovable mental patient. So she's always, she's always, uh, stressed out, neurotic, just like me about something, but these, these make her chill. They calm her down. Uh, she does, obviously, you know, she's in a wheelchair. She has a lot of, uh, discomfort, uh, naturally. And these definitely help. Uh, I definitely see, a you know, she's has a high quality of life because of, uh, we take good care of her over here and these are a key part of our daily routine. So we love guy provides over here in the Kaplan household. And all these products, Cap, are THC-free. They do not have THC, which makes them safe for your pets. And I know Pancakes is always scared of all those fireworks you have in Long Island City, Queens, right there on the East River. They're shooting them off all the time. How's she doing with the fireworks once she yeah. takes this guy it provides? Yeah, when I used to be, I used to dread fireworks. I used to dread loud noises and thunderstorms. Um, but now I just enjoy them because when I give them to the pancakes, this makes it, like I said earlier, it makes her calm, makes her cool, makes her collected, makes her just sit there and enjoy life. So these, Look at that. Uh, I love, you they can have these enjoy drops. fireworks again. You can enjoy America again. You can enjoy <laughs> freedom again with Gaia provides everybody check out Gaia provides and use our promo code lost L O S T for a great deal. That is www. G-A-I-A provides P-R-O-V-I-D-E-S dot com. And and then just so you know, they also have on top of the treats, they have these little drops you could put in the food. So if you, you know, if you wanna you, you can get if they don't like the treat for whatever reason, these drops are also delicious. So Gaia provides. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento... I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 240. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Miguel Kaplan. You can find me at turnersparks.com. You can find me on tour all this summer. I will be in California. I mean, no, not summer, all the fall, September, October, November, December. I'll be in Texas, California, Northern California. Uh, uh, Where else? Oregon. Vegas. Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, Oklahoma, North Carolina, the big one, Sacramento, California, 
Punchline Sacramento, November 10th. I will be at the Alameda Comedy Club in the Bay Area, December 3rd and 4th. Las Vegas, Nevada, October 18th to 24th. And I'm working on getting a comedy club in Dallas because I've heard from a lot of people in Dallas. They want to see me in a club. They can't get into these country clubs. So we're Yeah, the man on the street wants to see you in a club. We're, get we're there. putting comedy clubs together for Dallas. But Kaplan, most importantly... You can find both of us July 31st at yes. Stand Up New York Comedy Club with Dr. Andrea Jones-Roy, Professor Andrew Heaton, doing the World's Smartest Podcast Network live show. We'll all be doing stand-up, and then we'll be doing a roundtable discussion between the four of us and you, the audience. So come to that. Tickets are in the uh, liner notes of this episode. I still don't know what you call that. Description? Liner notes? <laughs> Right now, just click the link right now and get tickets to that New York City July 31st, 6 sell p.m. Out. show. We're doing it early. Yeah. It's, and it it's, is going to sell out. Good point, Cap. And yeah. this is Michael Ira Kaplan. You can find him at Cap in America. Yes, that's On me. all social no. media platforms. Kaplan, yes. on the podcast See. today, we're talking about Cuba. We have yeah, the we great, uh, fantastic Cuban-American comedian Alexis Guerrero's coming up. We're going to talk about Cuba. They've been protesting recently. So we're talking all about where that's coming from. Protesting a dictatorship government is a difficult thing to do. So that must there must be something that sparked the fire. And I'm into I'm showing solidarity with these people by ha- oh, smoking a Cuban cigar this episode. The whole I will be that's my that's my show of support that's as far as I go. Nice. I'm actually, not a, I'm not allowed to smoke it because my cardiologist says I can't. But like that guy Bert Sugar, the old boxing writer, I'm going to hold it a lot. Just hold You're it. Gonna hold it. You're going to do the old Burt Sugar routine. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm excited to hear about this. Now, Kaplan, we have an ad from one of our Patreon subscribers. You know, if you're a $20 a month Patreon subscriber, once a month, we give you an advertisement on this show. A lot of people might say, oh, I have a business. Support my local business. Or Mm. they'll say, um, no, usually it's business related. But Dennis Owens, the great Great, Dennis The great D.O. The great D.O. out of Kansas... Kansas City, Missouri. This is he wanted to spend all his time on this on this this month. So let me just read it to you. He was in Isla Mujeres, an island off the coast of Cancun. They're having an election for municipal president. So this is a big one. And he wants to throw his $20 in support of candidate Atena Gomez. Shout out. He said she's great. He said everybody supports her. He did a poll locally. He asked everyone. He asked the taxi drivers. He asked a fishing boat captain. He asked the bartender that overserved them. And they all support Atena Gomez. So you should too. Her posters is what really did the deal for him. He said really put him over the edge. He said she does not take bribes. Oh. And she she makes on her posters, you know she doesn't take bribes because her posters are her taking money out of someone else's pocket and then a big X over it. Big X. Okay. Yeah. So she's doing the opposite of what I did as city councilman. I said, I will take bribes. That's why I'm running for the yeah. bribes. She's doing the opposite. She's, she's going with integrity. Doing it, yeah. So Dennis Owens does not support you. He didn't support me. He never got but his he endorsement. He does support Atena Gomez. And then her other one, she does not support drug violence. Okay, I agree with all that. All the other candidates do support <laughs> drug violence. They're all for the narcos. <laughs> but she doesn't. And the way she shows that on her posters is she has, well, I don't know if this is posters. Maybe these are commercials on TV because he says she does finger guns and then she does gun sounds like psh, 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 psh. Okay. no. And then there's an X through it. Is there a lot of drug violence? Island Mujeres, I remember from playing a Kaplan family vacation. It's like a, it's like off the coast of Cancun. It's all like fa- very touristy. 
Like I don't know. Is it? Is there a place with lots of shootouts and? Well, not streets? now that she, not if she's Doesn't, in charge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Municipal president. She's if a, you all our listeners who live on Island Mujeres, you got to vote. Huge, we're huge in Island Mujeres. Atena Gomez. Yeah, and, and also because Dennis Owens is such a great Patreon subscriber, I'm going to give him a second one for free. He's from Kansas City, Missouri. He wants everyone this week to watch the season premiere of Ted Lasso. <laughs> what are we doing? We're just helping Ted Lasso because <laughs> he said the ho- who's the guy who's the main guy on the show? Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis is from Kansas City, so he said Rock Chalk Jayhawk. You got to watch is... Ted Lasso. Okay, and then now uh... if you want to be our Patreon subscriber. Go to patreon.com slash lost in America for $20 a month. You get your own ad. Clearly we'll say whatever you want us to say. <laughs> and, but well. for five bucks a month, you get Kaplan and I doing three times a week, a uh, extra, uh, our live from the bunker, full throttle comedy podcast about our lives. People love it. They're raving about it. We get new subscribers all the time. So join in over there. They're raving. Get a little fun in your life, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're going back to work now. You need something in the commute. You laugh a little. You got a, you got a long day. It's you're miserable. We're, that's what we're here for. You're miserable. You're miserable. So for a half hour, three days a week, don't be miserable. Don't be miserable. Maybe we should change yourself. It to the "Don't Be Miserable" podcast. All right. And please sign up. Otherwise, I'm going to have to go back to work, and I'm going to be miserable too. So don't don't don't. We don't want miserable. that to happen. No. We're talking today, actually, on that show about ideas for you that so you won't have to go back to work. Oh, excellent! I look forward. So to if that you want to hear those, folks, go to Patreon.com/slash/LostInAmerica. All right. So Kaplan to Cuba. Moving on to Cuba. Uh, there seems K Pasa in Cuba is what I wanted to name this episode because everyone <laughs> thinks everyone right now thinks they know what's going on. That's what I've learned about Americans is everyone thinks they've been studying Cuba their entire life. And uh, most people found out about uh, Cuba about uh, three or four days ago, but um, doesn't stop people from having opinions. So what do you know? Well, should I start with what I know about this topic well, or you? You want to well, go say it's one of the only countries Americans have, have some opinion on. Like every, every American's got a baseline so we can be a little smarter than usual. But that doesn't mean we're going to be very smart here. What do you got? What do you know about what's going on? Well, that wasn't much out of you. You just said well, other people have opinions. No, and you I, threw I, it well, back I to know. Me. I'll go. Let me go first. All right. So Cubans are protesting uh, currently, which is a big deal. Or as far as I know, currently, this might have ended. A co- they might have all been like murdered in the last two days. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. But last I checked the news, they were protesting because the economy has collapsed. The healthcare system has collapsed. And it seems like the deal that the Cuban uh, dictatorship uh, made with the Cuban people was that uh, we'll we'll keep you a baseline level of you know we'll keep you you can have uh, uh, you can have a, a job or you can have like healthcare you can learn to read that's always the big one people say they know how to read yeah, yeah okay they know so how to read in most countries but yes yeah. congratulations uh, but we'll give you all that <laughs> as long as you just let us do whatever we want and and then sometimes kill people. And yeah. and that was kind of the deal. But now that deal seems to be collapsing because the health care because of covid, the healthcare system is not up to date. There's not the food. There's no food in the grocery stores. People can't get aspirin when they go to see a pharmacist. So now people are like, what's up, dude? You're not yeah. giving us anything. But yet you're but yet you're still in charge. Well, the whole economy has been propped up by tourism and it was propped up by Venezuela. But it used to be propped up by the Soviet Union and then it was propped up by Venezuela. And we know that both those things don't exist anymore. Basically, Venezuela is as broke as broke can be. So, you know, and Cuba, does, they're not getting any of the tourists. Like, COVID has killed that. 
So, you know, it- yeah, I went. So I went to Cuba in 2002 and I, I think I said this before on this podcast, but I was under the impression before I went that there because Americans couldn't go there. No, no one. The whole go world's there. been going. They and don't- then I went and it's all like it's, it's dirty old Canadians. It's and dirty going old Australians just exactly. going like <laughs> like eighty year olds on holiday, uh, getting drunk and and and, and it, having a gay old time. And then and what happened is they got a they got a leader who's not a Castro. Who and we that broke might the be story. part of it. Diaz Canel yeah, seems that, to not be. He doesn't seem to have a lot of uh, charisma as far yeah, as I you can need, tell. So we far. talked about this a few months ago on this podcast. We predicted this. We we said. If you don't, you cannot be a dictator without good charisma. The best dictators, of course, you got to be charming. It's like a, all the great comedian. It's like anybody. Yeah, if you want to do bad things, you got to have a little charm. Pol Pot, Chairman Mao, they all had hilarious, charm. <laughs> hilarious people. <laughs> well, yeah. So this guy, we talked about it with Roseanne Lake a few weeks, months ago. I forget when exactly, but she said he was a bit of a. She He's said he a, was a dullard, and then on, yeah. on our, our YouTube comments, people went nuts. They're like, you don't understand. He's got all the charisma in the world. I'm going to say Roseanne was right. If, he's, yeah. if it's falling apart three it, months it, into his presidency. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's bring our guest on because he knows a lot more about this than us. Uh, this guy is the host. He's a comedian in New York City, first and foremost. That's how I know him. He tours all over the place doing stand-up comedy. He's the host of The Cooligans, uh, which is an MLS soccer podcast. Ooh. Uh, great podcast. Also has a show on complex media called Kicking It. Hilarious, man. Alexis Guerrero. Oh, oh, and he's Cuban-American. We should probably say that part. Uh, Alexis Guerrero, welcome to the show, dude. What's up, everybody? Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Uh, Turner Cap. Uh, you guys are pretty close. Uh, you guys got m- a lot of things right. Um, but I will say, uh, I'm not a Miami Cuban. I think that's very important. Ah, going, in case anybody huh? starts listening and they're like, here we go. No, relax. Okay. Right? And I'm one of the, one of the, and it's not that rare, but we're not as loud as the other side. I'm a Democrat. So I'm, I'm, I'm very left leaning, I'm very progressive. I, yes. Definitely hated the fact that Trump was president. Let me get all that out there before you think I'm one of them Cubans. That's everyone else in my family. That's the reason I don't get invited to Thanksgiving anymore. Okay. Uh, is because well, you can I'm speak one of for those. them. You know them. So you can. Yes. Oh, oh, very much so. Uh, my DMs, my texts, my uh, every time I see a FaceTime phone call from someone in a 305 number, it is uh, another family member of mine uh, calling 305. I used to live. I went to college in Miami, so I might be more Miami Cuban than you are. You might be. I spent a lot of my summers down there. The funniest thing was when I would get, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. When I would get in trouble, my mom would send me to Hialeah, which is like, <laughs> there's really no, I mean, the other Newark, it's warmer Newark. That's the punishment. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I learned from those guys, but I also got to hang out with my cousins and their father, who was like the only real father figure outside of my grandfather who grew up with. Uh, but long story short, uh, uh, Miguel Diaz Canal is, uh, Canal, I should say, is the president. He's been the president since 2019. Uh, it went Fidel Castro. Raul Castro, his brother, and now he's moved it on to uh, MDC. Uh, it should MDC. be uh, SMD. Am I right, everybody? Hey. Um, come on now. Told you it was a comic. Uh, so, okay. So there's a lot happening. A lot. So on the, wait, on the so left. Wait, I mean, wait, before we get that. So you kind of gloss over it. So what's your family history? When did your family come to the U.S.? So my mother went to, in Cuba, you were allowed, this is back in the Batista days, you were allowed to pick what school you wanted to go to, like a vocational uh, school and they had different schools for that. So Castro, this is pre Castro. Yeah, yeah. So my mother decides that she wants to go into some type of politics. So they put her in a in like a French school is what she always calls it. Um, so she goes to that. 
So she has access to the to city hall. Fidel Castro comes in. He says it's going to be democratic. Next thing you know, he starts taking everybody's land. Uh, there's no elections. What's going on? It looks like it's going to be a dictatorship. And then, you know, he strikes a deal to uh, to uh, manufacture or whatever the term is, sugar. Uh, and there's so much sugar needed. So he starts forcing Cubans to get into the sugar business because he's like, yo, we need people to fulfill these orders. And obviously everyone's like, all right, that's wild socialist. That's not exactly what we signed up for. Yeah. Just forcing people to go into this. So people start saying like, yo, I want out. And it, he said, if you want out, you can leave. And what he didn't tell you is that you had to pay uh, two years of, de- of your debt to the state. So mm. at 14 years old, my mother signs up for the, for the, for the family to leave. We had family, not family, but we had friends that had already lived in uh, the U S. So they're like, we'll go to the U S and my family didn't have any money, but they're like, we'll sign the documents and say, we want to get out of this. This doesn't look like it's like what we want to do. My mother gets arrested at 14 in the middle of the night, armed guards gets thrown in a hard labor camp for two years, uh, picking potatoes to this day. She can't even really look at a potato. This <laughs> unless is in it's Cuba. Like, this is in Cuba. Uh, 14 years old wow. gets dragged out to that. Two years, she works and pays off her quote unquote debt to the state. It's called the concentration camp, but that has such a heavy, like, you know, ha- it has a negative connotation. These a bit days. of yeah, a negative. Yeah, yeah. It means a lot more <laughs> than just like picking potatoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like, we're talking about like the threat of being raped every night. And, yeah. you know, the other women in the, uh, in, in the, in the camp would look out for her because she was so young. Re-education camp is what they call it yeah. in China. My former <laughs> yeah, home. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Same thing. So she does that. And then she has to. She goes back to her family after two years. The family's like, thank you so much. Uh, and then they have to work to af- be able to afford a uh, round trip, first class tickets to um, um, uh, Spain because they were still uh, communist. And then from Spain, they got to come to the U.S., work their asses off, bought a house in Newark. You know, they said, tell their kid to become a- an executive. He gets fired from being an executive. Now he's a comedian and they all hate him. <laughs> uh, that's the full story. <laughs> but you talk a lot about soccer, so that must be getting him back a little bit. A little bit. And they don't even like soccer. They're like, what happened oh, wow. to this yeah, kid? You're supposed to talk about baseball. Cubans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, My grandfather true. begged me to be a Yankee. He's like, please, <laughs> <laughs> please, please be a Yankee. And he even showed me a TV. I do it on stage, but it's not a joke. He showed me on TV. He's like, look, there's some fat people in baseball. You have a chance. <laughs> yes. you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't Duque have to be that? skinny. You don't want to run. You don't like <laughs> soccer. But whatever. Now I have uh, a TV show and a show on Complex, so it all worked out. But um, basically- the there's free health care in Cuba and everyone's like, that's amazing. Yeah. But what's the type of health? There's also private health care, by the way. If you're very rich, you could just pay to go to a nice, fancy hospital. And that's where the issues start in Cuba. It, right. All my friends, I have friends that are that are very pro-communist and they'll say, but like, oh, there's free health care. And look at how well they treated African-Americans when this, this is American didn't. friends, you should say. Right. Yes. Like, not Cubans. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I do have. I, I know one or two Cubans that live here that are f- pro-Castro, but. Oh. Or at least pro, pro left, further left. They're not exactly pro what's happening now. And if you look up communism and if you look up Marxism, this isn't exactly what's happening in Cuba. But the, every issue starts with there's for the haves and the have nots. And the haves typically are politically connected. So you said there's no food in the supermarkets. It's not if you use Coop, which is the Cuban uh, uh, money, which you cannot exchange for American money. American money has to be sent to you. But if you go to a store that accepts American money, the supermarket's filled. Mm. It looks like a it looks like a, like a bodega. It's not like it doesn't look like a Whole Foods, but it looks like a bodega. There's options. If you go into where the general Cuban person, your average Cuban person can go shop, there's literally nothing on the shelves. Like I'm not even making that up. I'm not saying like, oh, there's a couple of th-. there's actually no food. There's currently no food for you to buy. It's gotten so bad that when my friends have gone to Cuba, because I didn't go, 
Well, my friends have gone and they said like, oh, cook me this. Like, you know, you stay at someone's house and they'll cook for you. It's called a paloman. You know, they'll like make food for you and stuff. Um, they said like, ropa vieja, that's the national dish of Cuba. There are no seasonings for those dishes. Even if an American goes and buys stuff, the people don't know how to cook with certain seasonings because they're not, they're not used to it. Also because it's communist, there's no wholesale. So all these tourists that started going down there after America opened it up for tourism and were allowing Americans to go down there, they were shopping from those restaurants, shop at the same store that Cubans do. So they're essentially taking all the food that the Cubans would, would have access to and, and giving it to tourists. And if you work at a farm and you raise, let's say, chickens, and that's, your, that's what you do for society. Obviously, you don't own the farm. It's communist, right? This is your job. If your family is starving, you cannot eat one of those chickens. That is for the state. You go to jail. If you eat the animal, you're raising. So like your average person and my cousins who live in, in, in Cuba, I've managed now to communicate with them. I had to re-up their internet. I had to pay for their internet to get connected so that I could speak to them over WhatsApp. And they all say like, I want to be in capitalism. Like, because they see what's happening in front of them is failing. And that's where the big issue comes from and all the arguments going back and forth with people is like, well, if we end the embargo, would it help? Sure. Would that solve what's being asked? No. No. Yeah. But people are saying, libertad, libertad, libertad. That's liberty, freedom. We want freedom. The fact that they can't commiserate in the street, the fact that the president came on TV and said, all the communists to go out and defend the revolution by any means necessary. You've essentially called for a civil war on your people. And there's a lot of people online saying right now, this is genocide. You can't argue that it's not. Yeah. It's kind of gotten to the point where if you want to be fed, if you want your family to be taken care of, if you don't want to be shot at, arrested in the middle of the night, if you don't want to be, and there's a lot of people in Cuba say, say this about them, like they've disappeared. Dis yeah. disappearing is a big thing where someone will just be taken away and there's no way of finding out any information of whether they're alive or dead or where they are. And this is from teenage up. In fact, they were dragging, they were dragging any teenage male of in the, in out of homes to go to the front lines, to fight their own people. El pueblo, as we say, like you're fighting your own family, your own brother. Cuba's not that big of a country. It's 11 million people. It's you are, you know, the person that you're being asked to fight when you don't believe in that cause what's happening is causing such a divide. And, you know, in a little bit of communication where my family feels comfortable telling me exactly what's going on, the term they keep using is grave. Grave means like it's dire. It's a dire situation. Like they don't know any other way out. But I do think where we are now is the cat's out of the bag. Like you can't have a bunch of people screaming, you know, fuck this gut. Can I curse? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Fuck this government. This government sucks. We want freedom. And then just like show up like then George Costanza on Monday and act like nothing happened. You know what I mean? Like you're you're <laughs> kind of, of now locked into this. So like I don't know how you put this genie back in the bottle. Well, right. Uh, yeah. And by the way, that all that needed to be said. And thank you very much. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> I've been arguing this with people for four days who Turner's got a lot of commie friends who found out Cuba was a country over the weekend. Yeah. And, and uh, what you hear a lot of leftists say is and the embargo. Undoubtedly, that would help. By the way, that we're would, all left. Everyone on this on this Zoom on in this podcast we're, is we're all voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, when I mean on the left, I mean like far left, like they want okay. communism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I even believe in forms of socialism. I do believe that healthcare should be free, not the way Cuba has it. Like, there's a family friend who there was an explosion and he blew off a hand. Right, he blew off a hand. It was a he was trying to fix something electrical. He lost a hand. I mean, clear from the wrist up. You know, like hand gone. That man is being given ibuprofen yeah. in Cuba. In Cuba. That's yeah. 
Tylenol is not going to help when you're missing a hand. Yeah. You need real medicine. It's part yeah. of the deal not not existing anymore. This idea that we have the best medicine. But I thought that, Michael Moore told me that collapses. they had the best health. Well, <laughs> how about this? Let's get to this. How did this how my main question is, why do people feel because it's been a repressive government for like 70 years now. So why do people now feel um, yeah. emboldened to protest? Because I lived in China for 12 years and. People, American people would say like, why don't you just protest the government in China? It's like, because they'll kill everyone. I mean, what part of like a ruthless dictatorship don't you understand? You know, so it's really ballsy from where I see it to even come out and do the protests they did on, on uh, July 11th. Why, is, why do people feel OK to do it now? And not OK is a relative word, but why are they emboldened to do it now where they weren't before? I think there's a lot of things happening. A part of it is the fact that there is money for the people and they're not getting it. You know, Cuba has the, the, the COVID vac the COVID situation in Cuba is out of control. They have the, uh, last week, one day they had 3,500 uh, new cases. And again, we're talking a country of 11 million people. That is a massive number of people getting COVID. The Delta variant has made its way there. They produce, they help produce one of the vaccines for, I believe it's the Iranian, the Iranian or the Chinese vaccine. I'm not hundred percent sure of that. Uh, but they're shipping that back out. So they've essentially been, it. they're, they're not, not giving it to their own people. And they're not buying vaccines, right, for, from other, like they won't buy from Pfizer or something. And they won't buy. They've also denied aid from other countries, not just America, countries that they have trade agreements with. They've denied aid uh, to, to keep up the facade. I'm assuming that everything is fine and, and we're doing great here. It's another situation a lot like Venezuela, which is like, the people are are at a point now where and a lot of the things that I've heard from videos and my cousins tell me is that if we're going to die being quiet, we might as well die being loud, which is we're dying at a rapid rate here. We're not getting the help we need. We don't have food. There's, you know, like you do get rations and people like, but they get fed for a family of seven. My my aunt was given a thigh of chicken. Mm. That was her ration for the week. So she got to go to the store and pick up her rations. She was given a thigh. And I mean, yeah, sure. Each person could eat a little bit of food and then you can make soup out of that. The bones, I'm assuming like there's not and I'm not making this up. I mean, there's going to be people that are upset that I'm saying these things. The last time I did a podcast like this, I got death threats uh, from people because people said, like, especially if you're African-American, you have been fed this belief that Cuba will take care of you. Yeah. Um, and all I can say, and, and I think that's why there was so much anger towards, or at least disbelief towards the Black Lives, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement um, post that they put up on Instagram, because it talked about like what America Embargo. has done wrong. Cuba has helped out African-Americans um, and people in the black diaspora. And, you know, uh, if the if the embargo ended, this would be over one. It wouldn't. It would absolutely help if we ended the embargo tomorrow. Things would be better. Would they be good? No. And this idea that it helped African-Americans, did Cuba, did Fidel send people to Angola? Yeah, all these things are true, but he did those things. It's my belief that he did a lot of these things to piss off America because he'd been in an ongoing war. America tried to kill him yeah. three times. Like it, there's, it was an ongoing war of pissing off America. He stayed in Harlem because it was sending a message to the United Nations when African-Americans didn't have rights here. And all this talk that it's good for black people. Look at the protests. There are black people protesting it's in Cuba. Mostly black I'm, people. Afro Cuban. I'm part black. Right? Yeah. Say that again. There's a lot of Afro Cubans population Tons. protesting. Yeah. My half my family is yeah. black, is Afro Cuban. I'm part black. My grandmother's black. It's not something that I sit here and and, and promote 24 seven. I also don't put myself out there like, hey yo, I'm black. Let me say this. 
Now, like, I'm going to give respect to somebody who's had to go through more because clearly I'm white passing. Everyone thinks I'm everything from, I get called Habibi when I walk in a bodega. Greek people think I'm Greek. Like I get everything. So <laughs> I didn't even you know, know that meant. <laughs> that'd be good as it is an actor. You could play a lot of parts. I I've, I've been, I've been, I've gotten callbacks for like, you know, terrorist number three. And I'm like, this is too much. I'm not doing this. <laughs> um, but there's, there's plenty of times where I, I get that, I, that I don't have to deal with the same things as somebody who's grown up very visibly black, uh, black would have to, but in talking to my family, this is my family. This is my blood. These are people that look like me, just have darker skin. And I know this is my family that I've 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 been able to break bread with them in the past when they've gotten the chance to come to America for a week or two. And it's killing me that people are saying, like, black people have a good in Cuba. It's like, nah, like ask yeah. black Cubans. And if we do care, like we should care about the whole diaspora. You know what I mean? And you have people that are saying, like, the people on the far right saying, like, this is proof that socialism doesn't work. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Because then why isn't why aren't they protesting in Denmark? Why aren't they protesting well, in England for it's for proof certain that things? a ruthless dictatorship doesn't work? Thank you. Yes. And that yeah. at the end of the day Never is what yeah. all all these people want is freedom, the freedom to express themselves. And the reason why to answer your question, I've gone a long way, but to answer your question, the way the culture has been in Cuba is you're you get you get more for snitching. So you you get better, more rations. You know, if, if you're doing something wrong, you don't get in as much trouble. The police look out for you if you're someone who's out here pointing out dissidents. And yeah. that's kind of what's always happened is like, you know, there's stories of friends of mine that went to Cuba and asked, you know, you get the same taxi driver all the time if you want. You could pay him to be like, you're my guy for the week. And it's not that much money. They make like $20 a month. So if you give the guy 50 bucks, he'll literally be at your beck and call as your private driver the whole week. Um, and after a while, they befriend the guy and they say, hey, tell me what's really happening. They'll pull out to like El Campo, like the, the woods or something, and they'll walk 20 minutes into the woods to have that conversation because there's so much fear that if someone even sees you with an inflection of you saying how bad it is and how rough it is, you're going to get snitched out. Yep. So that fostering that type of mentality and that type of culture for years and for decades, for over 50 years at this point, You've kind of ingrained that in the culture and somehow that powder keg exploded. And I think it comes with the fact that the COVID situation hasn't gotten any better. People are super frustrated at being locked in homes. They're locked in homes. And I was locked in my house. I learned how to make Manhattans. I learned how to, you know, bake <laughs> yeah. bread. They got none of that. They got nothing. No Manhattan. And there's something. There's baking gotta be bread something isn't that great when you're poor. It's Say not that, that again. Exciting. Baking bread is not that exciting when you're poor. It, no, what, no, if, especially if you ain't got shit to make bread with, yeah. you know? Sourdough. <laughs> Dude, I've, there's there's a way that you could get Miami TV stations in Cuba sometimes. So if your antenna is right, like the way I would get porn when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, so it's a little squiggly. And <laughs> I was talking to my cousin and the son said, I want to go to America. He said, he looked at me, this kid's 11 years old. And he said, you're so lucky you were born there. And that like, just a gut punch. A yeah. child looking you in the face who you know is hungry. And I was just like, how much more money can I send these people? I feel so bad. And I said, what did you think of American TV? Because he said, hey, I could see it sometimes. And he goes, there's so many cheeseburgers. And I think it's because of all the fast food commercials. Yeah. yeah. But like, imagine being a child. You're going to want what you heard, what you hear is capitalism because you're like, dude, I got to have cheeseburgers for 99 cents. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. It's got to be insane. And how does the, because I know how it works in China, so I just want to see if it's similar, uh, is the way that people get control. I've seen a lot of people saying online recently, like, oh, but there was a million people marching in in support of the government, pro -government. after the protests happened. And 
Uh, and then people were marching in support of the government. And you can't just make people do that. I literally, I heard someone say that. And I'm like, well, yes, you can. Uh, and the way they do it in China is there's, there's the party. There's the Communist Party. And if you're like really good in your high school, you get to be a member of the Communist Party, which then signs you up for the rest of your life to be someone who rats people out in the neighborhood uh, for advancement in your career or whatever it might be. But they, they tend to have at one person in every block of houses or some or at least a few in every block of houses. Do you know how it works? In it's Cuba? very similar. It's okay. very similar. Uh, remember Ilian Gonzalez, the kid who came yeah, sure. to America, yeah. his mother died on the way here. And then uh, they were they were sent back. The kid was sent back to Cuba. There's the video of like him being or the picture of him being held in the closet. The Bill Clinton. I believe, right, right yeah, they Bill weren't Clinton. sure if he should stay in the U.S. or be sent back to Cuba. Right. And then Bill Clinton allowed that child to be sent back to Cuba. Which crossed which Al Gore, Florida and <laughs> further cemented Cubans hating Democrats. Yeah. Um, that child was essentially sent home and indoctrinated into the, the comment, not indoctrinated. He was, he was sort of like, he became a mascot for the communist government. Yeah. Uh, so he was well taken care of anything he wanted. He was very politicized. He was in the front front row and you could see him behind Fidel in a lot of speeches and he would be taking pictures. He would dress a lot like Fidel, like in the army clothing or military clothing. And, you know, it sort of became like a, like a, a bit of a mascot. Like I said, that's kind of not too dissimilar to what happens if you're in a country of people that doesn't have a lot and you get a little bit for doing these certain things, you're going to keep doing it, even if it's just to look out for your family. And yeah. that's very similar to what happens to a lot of people. You know, if you're really good and you show any type of, you know, uh, desire and maybe just uh, you're adept at being politically uh, you know, savvy or something, you're going to be pushed <laughs> into the into the into the communist government. And then all of a sudden your family starts to get a little bit more food and they get well looked after. Sure. They get to go to the nice hospitals. It's like you, you, you're going to do that. Well, it's career advancement. I, mean, I, I would. Uh, yeah, I would be a great. I'm a great gossip. I'm very observant. I can always tell when people are up to no good. So I would I would I could relate. I would you do this Kaplan totally. would thrive I, under this society. Yeah, I need you would I not have eat. made it in I Newark, New Jersey. Need to eat. <laughs> you would have died very very young yeah. in Newark, and it would have looked like an accident. Uh, <laughs> uh, they would have they would have sprinkled crack on your body and everything. It would have been bad. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny to me because I have I have the virtues of someone who grew up in Newark, but I have these stories and I've seen the pain. That was caused. And I have, I have friends that are very pro-communist in America. You know, people who've never grown up in any communist situation and are most often very well off, might I add. Uh, so yeah. it's cute. Yeah. It's so they're, cute. Uh, they're dead. Yeah, your government, are, uh, your gov you want management. the government to pay for stuff because your parents pay for stuff. So that's all you know is the money comes from up there. Um, but one of them told me that uh, that I've, I've been brainwashed by I my mother. I told that or, recently as well. Or my mother's... My mother's story, her actual story is anecdotal evidence. And it's like, how can it be anecdotal when it's a one person's actual experience? And I think this is the issue with how polarizing politics is. Because look, even if I've had this conversation with my mother, she, she was very, my mother's socially very progressive, conservative to the end of the day, because she, anything even slightly left reminds her of Cuba. And there's sure. clearly PTSD there. But she was very upset about the Black Lives Matter thing. And I said, first of all, we're focusing on the wrong thing. Focus on the people. And while I was upset with the thing, it's like, that's not going to stop me supporting the movement. They did right. something that I don't agree with. But at the end of the day, it's Black Lives Matter all day. It's Black Lives Matter to the end of me because that's part of my blood. That's part yeah. of my family. So it's going to be Black Lives Matter forever. That said, it's like, yo, 
we're talking about like the three or four people that Cuba helped that are black when not everyone did. And that's where all of these conversations get so polarized because people are like, well, you're anti everything this side now. It's like, nah, I'm not. In fact, yeah. I'm wild Democrat. They helped well, Tupac's mom, of- right? They helped. Like- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think there's, there's a lot, there's this become this idea that if the Republicans support, like you have to dislike everything the other side supports and, even if it's not existing in the United States, which is bizarre, right? Yeah. Well, it's like we Marco Rubio. I want to fight yeah. Marco Rubio. <laughs> I would, I mean that. Like, I, you can put as much money as you want. You can, you could, we could do it. We could do it in an alleyway. We could do it on a boxing ring. We could do it in Vegas. We could do it anywhere. We could do it in my, in my mother's basement. It don't matter to me. I want to fight this man because I do not respect him and I do not like him. But right now, he's pushing for the Cuban people to be, to get more freedom. And he's pushing for, Biden yeah. to at least do something. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I, right, I'm gonna let him do this. But as soon as he's done with that, it's back to wanting to fight him. You know? What yeah, I mean? you'll kick his ass after. I want to kick his ass, but I want to wait until after because he's also pushing the aliens thing. He's the one trying to find out if there's aliens out there. So I'm on his side for that. Dude, he'll do anything to win a vote, and that's the other thing too. It's like everyone's like, <laughs> how come this person hasn't said anything? How come this person hasn't said anything? And I see so many Cubans retweeting or or resharing the story of Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio's trying to further cement his base. He's got all the bad publicity of pushing. Well, he's a, a pushing he's a Florida Trump. politician. So yeah, yeah. He's like, what are we talking about? He. I'm not saying he doesn't care. I don't know the man personally, and I'm never going to sit here and say he doesn't care about Cuban people. But that's not the top of his list. The top of his list is being a good politician, and he's doing that. His people love him even more. That man's not going to lose an election anytime soon because he's out here talking, and it's not going to do anything. And I'm so tired of people saying and the embargo, this and that. America has nothing to do with Cuba. Cuba. Has to, has to do with Cuba. Let Cuban people tell you what they want. And none of them are saying, and the embargo. That has not been chanted once. Motherfuckers are saying, give me freedom. And yeah. if, if you really bout it, if you really believe, and in communism, everything I've learned about socialism and communism is, it's about the people. And if the people are telling you, this is what they want. It's in bro. the word. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, Denmark, if Denmark, if we had an embargo on Denmark, it wouldn't crush their economy. You know, it does. that's not. No. The, that's and that's the thing. Out. It's like, there's socialist countries or countries that have, by the way, we have social security, which yeah. is it, the word social is in there. Socialism. It's yeah. money you didn't make that you paid in a society and then they pay you back. I mean, that's kind of what communism is. Um, so we have some socialism things and everyone loves it, right? No one, when you have a fire and the fire truck pulls up, they don't hand you a bill, do they? No. Like there's, there's some socialist things in this country already. So I'm a big fan of a lot of it. There's a lot of it in other countries and it hasn't ruined those countries. Yeah. It's like Cuba is not the problem because of the embargo. That's not the problem in Cuba. It's because it's a authoritarian government. Yeah, it's a and they don't clearly want to help their people. Or they yeah. kill people. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so I, I, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but I've been to one of Fidel Castro's homes. And <laughs> let me you just tell you this. Him. It didn't look like everybody else's house in Havana. No. It was gigantic. It had multiple swimming pools. Uh, it was a college trip in 2002. Very bizarre. Uh, he spoke to us for five hours, like <laughs> 500 college kids. While you dined on horse meat? To like his summer house or something. Hold on. You lived in, in China and you've been to Fidel Castro's house? Yeah. Is there something you ain't telling us, bro? <laughs> Don't look at my brother. Let's just say that. My brother is currently living in Colombia. Um, <laughs> he's in the U.S. government. He's Agent in the Biggie State face. Department. Stop asking questions. Uh <laughs> How did it start on that day? Because it was it everyone 50 over 50 cities around Cuba, 50 towns, whatever people march on the same day. Was this coordinated in advance or was this like a national holiday? On July so 11th? the Internet has changed everything in Cuba. Yeah, um, it's not a national holiday. 
the first thing that started was people were dying. Um, there's a phrase, I, I should have worn the shirt. There's a phrase called uh, patria, which means homeland or uh, our land, patria, like our place, y o, o muerte, or death. It's like, it's that's from Jose Marti, which is like a poet and, and a, a big political figure in, in Cuba prior to Fidel Castro, uh, kind of like the patron saint, if you will, of, of Cuba. Um, he, uh, which one call it? Patria o muerte means like land or death. A singer, a famous singer in Cuba, wrote a song that was anti-government and talking about the pain that people are feeling. And he called it Patria y Vida, which is homeland and life. And basically he was saying, he wasn't saying like, you guys suck. He's saying, we need help. We're dying. Yeah, this is it's what not we want. this or death. It's like, hey, how about we focus on yeah. living? Like we need, we need to survive and we're not surviving right now. People are dying. Children are going hungry. This isn't working. And basically he's saying we need to do something, right? So that song inspired like music tends to do, inspired a lot of people to open up and to start openly communicating with each other via social media that the government can't really track over lots of uh, WhatsApp in particular on Facebook Messenger, things like that, started communicating with each other across all the cities in Cuba and just started saying how upset they were. And little by little talks of March on this day happen. And there's been anti-government protests in the past and they've been you know, squashed almost immediately. It hasn't been this big. They couldn't do anything with people in every major city across Cuba, which there aren't that many, but every major city, all of a sudden being children, women, children, everyone being out in the street. Well, they've, you know, you can't call for the army because then the UN and, and you know, other people get involved. Um, but they did call, they did bring in their most militarized police force. And unmarked, to, un, uh, and, what plain clothes officers and right. all that kind of and stuff. And they cut the internet briefly, is that so people couldn't? They did. They cut the internet, but there's ways to re-up it. They Because of tourism, there are other forms of internet there. And if you have someone in America that can send you money, you can connect to that internet, which is what I did for my family. So um, it was surprising to me to hear that they even have open internet. I just like other dictatorships around the world don't have that. But what I read was that, yeah, money, as you're saying, money. what I read was that it's it brings in $80 million a month or something. They charge like that fees to people. To the government. Yeah. Um, in the, they have super high priced Internet fees. And so they basically it's a revenue source for the government. They have to keep it going. Is that true? Yeah. You remember the old AOL CDs? Like, you get a thousand hours. You get yeah. 500 hours. We're remember that enough, whole yes. thing? I don't know how old you guys are when I was. Um, a yes, I, we had Prodigy. But We're yes. old. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's essentially what you do. It's like buying a, a phone card. You can re up for X amount of, uh, you know, um, I forget every company's different. The big one there is called Cubatel. Um, you can re up for like $50. You basically, you and your family each can have internet on their phones, which is the majority of how they do it. But there's other ways, you know, in, you know, necessity is a mother of all invention. Like there's Cubans, a lot of them are journalists who have found ways to connect to the internet. There's a big conversation now in Miami of trying to figure out a way to start like a big crowdsource, uh, crowdsourcing um, thing to get free internet for Cuba. So in other words, I think it would position a satellite to essentially give free internet to all Cubans. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, beside, and the guess what, the, the government would have to come in and like, I guess, confiscate phones and computers. Well, they which, could shoot a rocket at the satellite or something. I mean, if they have it. And to answer your question, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned how, how big tourism there. Yeah. Every dollar tourism brings to the country goes to the army in Cuba. Yeah. And I think that's something people don't really understand. Tourism doesn't help the people of Cuba. Tourism helps the army in Cuba. 
So unless you're handing a dollar directly to a Cuban person, mm -hmm. that money is going to further their armed forces. So if you're forces. booking a hotel, if you're uh, whatever airline All you have to fly to get there. Or it goes you're to the going army to the or the people tour. who invest in the hotels, yeah. right? Because it... Yeah. It's I mean, none of that money. Like, you'd have to go to, like, those, like, side restaurants. And you'd have to go to, like, you know, uh, pay money directly to someone. Like, whether it's for a ride in a car or something nefarious, which, you know, is a very popular business in Cuba, unfortunately. Prostitution yeah. is big money. I drugs are big money. The old Canadian guys. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. they go for There's one specific reason. Yeah. If you're a disgusting Canadian and this you're tired you of not have to compete with American money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's. Oh, what... one thing. We, wait, wait, Cap. We almost forgot. Uh, we have to take a break. Uh, a word from your local sponsor. All right. We're back. There we go. Uh, <laughs> we're capitalists. Um, we take sponsors. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Apologies to all of apologies our to the commie listeners. But, you know, I was saying yeah, I think they tuned me, out by now. Cap. Exactly. You remind me that I, I had read that a lot of people were protesting, were saying that like they don't like a street vendor or like some guy who's got a little business is getting hassled all the time for taxes or whatever by the government. And then like these hotels, which are foreign owned, I guess, can just do whatever they want. And that's like that's the tourism industry. Right. That's so it does not help. It doesn't help the little people at all, I guess, is what you're no, saying. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, people say, look, look how many doctors there are. You know, doctors make more money as cab drivers. It's like, just because you have, if you're, you could be the best cook in the world. If no one hands you the ingredients, you ain't cooking shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, there's people that are doctors. There's people that are all this. And they're forced to go do other jobs to try to just make any money to feed their family. Meanwhile, you've got people that are living well because they're foreigners that live there with foreign money or they somehow support those types of foreign ventures, whether it's someone who works for the government on behalf of like real estate, you know, if you're smart, you find a way to be able to stay in those hotels a, a few nights out of the, you know, of the year. Um, and if, you know, if you work on behalf of the government and you deal in restaurants, you go to the back and you feed yourself. And I'm not saying that these things is that this is what I would do. You know, when I worked in sales, I got my pick of the litter of any of those businesses. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how that works. You know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours, but that all that black market stuff is what becomes so popular. In fact, and how they used to be able to get the news before the internet was popular is uh, people would download stuff illegally on a flash drives and you would pay $10 for a flash drive. And it was essentially news from around the world. It was like a way of keeping yourself wow. abreast of what was happening. It's like it, everything that happens is, is either black market or the government's making all the money, including, you know, like there's a two dentists who quit being dentists and started opening up donut shops when Raul uh, allowed for private business. And those donut shops not just get harassed for tax, but they get taxed to a level where it's we would think is insane. This seems illegal. They barely get to keep any of the money. And they're they don't have the ability to go and, and strike a deal for better ingredients. They just gotta sit there and wait until dough is available or flour is available. It's like those types of things, like you're allowing people to create a business, but then you're you're holding them down. You're not allowing them like, to the point like where when people come to Cuba, they bring ingredients, they bring toilet paper, wow. they bring like they bring all like seasonings, they bring stuff. So that the people housing them will have a means to cook for them and things so like this that. This is all coming out of desperation. I mean, just pure very much so. Yeah. yeah, I feel people have hit the, the their their the end point. point, and I yeah. think the government has had a, a a way of scaring people. And I do think that there was that thing of like Castro being kind of a superpower to some degree. Like mm -hmm. you know, he was b b larger than life because he beat the. And this is like that Kim Jong Un yeah. thing of like we win every gold medal and the underdog. Like, yeah, yeah, we're we're incredible, but also he took out the entire. And also, people don't realize this that the American government 
had kind of fucked with Cuba for generations. So getting America out of Cuba by a lot of people, including myself, really is a positive. Like that I mean, is a positive. Castro with Batista. Yeah, they, they manipulated yeah. the Cuban government. They looked at it. Remember the whole New Deal thing of like, we're going to protect everyone on our side. You know, if you look at what America's done in Latin America, it's been pretty rough. Sure. A uh, lot exactly. of coups, a lot of propped up governments that shouldn't be there, a lot of dictators that they helped out. So America meddling in Cuban politics for generations after the Spanish left, it's Cuba's never really been, been able to be independent. Fidel Castro made that happen. So he was the first person in history, in the modern history of Cuba, to allow them to be independent. So he did have this sort of hero worship thing yep. happening. Now that him and Raul are gone, Nobody gives a fuck about Miguel Diaz-Canel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's exactly not a that. superhero. I mean, we did a whole episode on him a few months ago. He's like, a, he's just a bureaucrat who kind of worked his way up. Pencil yeah, pusher. I think he worked no in can. like the education Pencil system pusher. prior. Exactly. So yeah. what is his... Fucking nerd. <laughs> that, yeah, he I mean, that's and he's not it. Che Guevara up in the hills. You know, There's no five-hour yeah. Diaz-Canel speech. There's no t-shirts with to. his face on it. I or... should say that I was entertained that entire five hours that Castro yeah. was speaking. Half of it was, I mean, more, a lot of it was complete bullshit. I remember one of the things he said, someone asked, it was like question and answer. Oh, wow. It was amazing, but it was he only did, five que he, five questions. And he did Meaning, an hour in each? Not on purpose. He just took an hour for each question. Real blow but somebody asked like, why don't you have free elections? And he was like, let me ask you this. His answer is great. He goes, what is the meaning of free? Mm, and he's like, great. freedom to me. He really blowhearted it for like an hour. Oh, and yeah. Clintonian means Spin this. Master. Freedom means that. And uh, it was it was impressive to watch just as a pure, as a, as a professional as a performer. Uh, blowhard. Yeah. yeah, as a performer. It was exciting. <laughs> Respected <but> his game. <laughs> that's That's about it. Yeah. What about, so what are the options now? You said that the cat's out of the bag. I mean, it seems like dictatorship governments like in Belarus right now, the cat was out of the bag about six months ago and the guy still won't leave. And he's just killing people in the streets, hoping to uh, just outlast every single yeah, protester, yeah, which is 90 yeah. percent of the country. That is always an option, unfortunately, for a dictatorship, except for the fact that we're right next to, you know, the U.S. is right yeah, here. Is there hope, I guess, for the government to fall? Or yeah, what are the options? Even possible? I don't think the U.S. can get involved unless it's like as a group of concerned countries. Yeah. You oh, know what I, I mean? Right. A coalition. Yeah. yeah, a coalition of sorts. I don't like they can certainly convince like uh, whatever is left of NAFTA. I forget the term for it. There's ways to do it where. Look, at the end of the day, I just don't want the CIA involved unless, you know, they have, yeah, that, you know, that would unless probably they also be counterproductive. Like, yeah, unless they also don't like the Eskinal, you know, uh, and then they promise to leave right after. It's yeah. tough because I want Cuba to be able to handle it for Cubans. And look, I've I've spoken to my cousin. I did not say this to my cousin. I'm not going to allow her to be murdered because of this. But here's what I've said on our show. And, and I got in some trouble for this by the by the network because um, TV shows don't like when you say this kind of shit. But here's what I said. I said, look, they have the guns and you don't. And that's true. Rocks aren't enough. But everybody got to go to sleep. You're talking about the and Cuban government has the guns and the people don't. Cuban government has the guns and the people don't. Why is that yeah. a controversial statement? I mean, that's so. No, no, that, that part's not. What I said oh, next okay. is I said, everybody got to go to sleep and everybody could start a fire. Burn all their buildings down. I hope they're not in it. I hope no one's in it. Because remember, at the end of the day, these are Cuban people that have been told to kill people. So hopefully some of them can be turned around. But government buildings, burn them to the ground. Fancy hotels, burn them to the ground. Burn everything to the ground. There's nothing left. If yeah. they're going to kill all y'all, then you're going to burn everything of theirs. Burn down every government building. Start with the biggest ones and work your way down. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, that's really all that's left is you want civil war, you're going to get civil war. And also doing things like this is where nefarious 
nefarious groups come from. This is where groups like Far El Farc in, in Colombia comes from. This is where drug dealers, this is where narco-traficantes with a lot of power, this type of shit right here, this is a, the origin story for a lot of villains. You mean the ones on what side? The 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 people who are going to fight the people at Pueblo. This is where someone's going to say, you know what? I know how to do this. And that guy's going to end up getting a lot of control because he's going to be able to group people together and he's going to be able to say like, all right, we need a couple fires started here. We need a couple fires started here. And let's plan out some warlike tactics. And this is going to be, this is exactly, this is a story of Fidel. He marched, he went sure. west to east. He yeah. started and he gathered along. Who's to say that can't happen again? Especially now that there's an internet and people can communicate without the government knowing. It could. It can happen again. But now you're going from one dictator to the next dictator, right? Which is what I'm trying to say. Hopefully that's not what happens. But that, yeah. this is generally where this is the type of, you know, this is the pressure that builds that quote unquote diamond is. Yeah. Like and this. it seems like Cuba's vulnerable. I think the Cuban government, the Castro regime is pretty vulnerable right now. First of all, Diaz Canal is not the Castro's. Second of all, the Venezuela stuff has the money seems they to don't. have gone away. I don't know if Russia's the, thinking of stepping back in or what. China has. But China the, said that they're looking to help, which China's is looking to help. OK, not, what about the military, though, do they have the still the backing? China could prop them up for another 20 yeah. years. Yeah, that, easily, because yeah. um, they're the largest market in the world right now. Um, yeah. the, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I, it's going to take members of the army putting their guns down and walking away. But that's also I mean, suicide. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there's that famous line in Godfather 2 when uh, when the revolution's happening where Michael says, like, who's paying? No one's paying them to fight about the revolutionaries. And it's kind mm -hmm. of a reversal now. Like, no one's paying. If people are protesting, they're risking their lives to do it. If it keeps built, it's not going to happen, I guess, overnight. But eventually, hopefully, it went out because. The and here's the thing. Up. That scene is, I think, significant in Cuban history. Just to understand how the people are sort of did were able to create a revolution. There's a suicide bombing in that scene. He grabs a police officer and blows himself. It's one police officer and he kills himself to kill a police officer. It's like that ideal. That yeah. that's kind of how the Cuban people won the revolution against Batista. If you look at it, it was putting yourself out there and risking your life for the greater good and knowing that it sends a message. And I, you know, a lot's been beaten out of the Cuban people. And I don't think that it has. If any of them are like my mom, she ain't going to forget shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't remember that one thing you did when you were nine. Well, concentration I, camp is not anecdotal. It's not a thing you that's forget. That's not anecdotal so, yeah. as shit. Any, you know, go look at been the scars it. of my mom's back for exactly. being beaten. That ain't yeah. anecdotal, my guy. You yeah. know? Uh, yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm interested to see what happens. And I do think it's going to be a couple of bad people that take control of a, of a situation that ends up being good for the people. But who knows what happens next? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, they copy the well. Canadian wokesters and burn, make make like a Canadian churches and just burn. Let let the like, yeah. There you go. Let's, let's start uh, lighting fires. And Alexis. again, everything I said is allegedly. We will light up cigar. <laughs> I will light up this Cuban cigar to celebrate your freedom. So, yeah, 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 Cap brought a Cuban cigar to end the show. That's to uh, Pinar del Rio, where all great Cuban cigars come from. Thanks so much, man. Thanks for doing this, Alexis. I know you got to take off. Um, no, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't piss everybody off. <laughs> it's good for I us mean, if you did. I, I don't know what to me. I was laughing earlier in the show, not because I thought any of this was funny, but just that it was all obvious. What you were saying to me is all obvious. I, it's bizarre to me that anyone could dis, disagree or think you're making not this see up that. or think yeah. any of these stories don't exist or they're false or that this is all the U.S. government's fault. I mean, listen, I, I don't know. I had a long conversation with a with a uh, black female comic who went to Cuba with her friends. 
And she was very adamant that she didn't really want to believe what I was saying. So she kept saying, and she's, by the way, one of the best conversations I've ever had, knew what she was talking about, had data to back up her points. And I kept saying, wait till you go there. Don't bring your, what you know of racism from here, because in Cuba, it's poor and rich. And that's really the majority. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. It certainly, it exists everywhere. But I'm telling you, when you go there, just realize that they don't have the same racial structures that we have. Black and white to them, for the overwhelming majority, you're just another Cuban. It doesn't matter to them. We There's Chinese. I'm, I'm also part Chinese. My great-grandfather was Chinese. Like There's Chinese yeah. people in Cuba. Cuba is very multicultural, and they don't view it the same way they do here, even though those Cubans, the black Cubans were originally brought as slaves, um, if you come from that lineage. So even though because of that, they didn't have that. I said, just watch. Just ask them, and they'll tell you it's poor and rich. And she came back, and she was like, the first thing I need to do is talk to you. She's like, you're 100% right. She's like, we, she went with a group of friends that were also black females. They went for, I believe, a bachelorette party. She's like, we brought, we brought to them the racism we know here. And that don't exist there. It exists yeah. in some places for sure, but that's not what they're worried about. They're worried about the fact that everyone, some people have, and the more overwhelming majority of people don't, and we're all poor. And I think that that's super important to keep in mind when it comes to Cuba. It's like a lot of people are putting and projecting their own feelings onto what's happening in Cuba. It's not, we need to worry about what they're, what's happening there and what they want and overwhelmingly, what we're hearing is they want freedom. And at the end of the day, that's what I wish for them. And know that there's going to be a bunch of road, road bumps that come with that. It's not easy. But hopefully they get what they want. And I just want that kid to get a cheeseburger, man. He's 11 years old. Give the kid a I, cheeseburger. I want him to talk to my kids and tell them how lucky they are that I make cheeseburgers every once there a week. Go. So. Alexis, there you go. Alexis, thank you so much for doing the podcast, dude. Uh, thank you. This was Alexis a blast. Guerreros, everybody check out the Cooligans. Check out Kicking It on Complex Media. Uh, we'll let you get back to your day. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Cap, that's it. What should we do? I think that. Thank you very much. And it's time we get lost. Get lost. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.